continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Um. <laughs> uh, okay, like Friday, we may as well make this show a little, little fun on the last day of the week before a really wild weekend, week 18. And then it kind of extends into that Monday National Championship game. I'll tell you what, right now though, this week has been brutal as a Detroit sports fan. Both teams out west. Red Wings didn't start until 10.30 last night, and then they go into overtime and a shootout. I was tired. Completely threw off the sleep schedule uh, this week with the Wings playing 10, 10.30. Pistons on it, 10 again tonight, playing the Warriors, 9.5 point underdogs. Hey, ever since these Warriors have put together this little dynasty, for some reason, the Pistons always play them tough. You do what you want with that nine and a half. I, I don't advise putting money on the Pistons, but they do always play this team tough. I'll say that. We're not talking about the Pistons uh, yet, but Troy Weaver did go on to Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast. I don't know when it was recorded, but it came out this morning. Lovely. We, we pulled some clips from it. You won't believe some of the stuff this guy said. Uh, it's not surprising, though. From everything we know, this guy is incompetent at running a basketball uh. team. <laughs> and he's, he did say a lot of ums. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I want to start with the Detroit Lions because the Lions are in a really unique circumstance heading into Week 18, something I don't think many of us have experienced before. You've clinched going into the last week. What does this game mean to the Lions? I think varies depending on who you ask. Now, I'll set the table like this. When you have a great leader in the building, whether it's football, basketball, whether it's the government, whoever it is, when you have great leaders, those people can get those around them to just blindly follow them, to blindly agree with anything that they say, to run through a wall for any sort of reason. You blindly follow these people to the point where you don't even ask yourself if they've gone mad. You don't question them. Because they're that good at speaking. Dan Campbell fits into that category. We love this guy. We worship him. He gets you ready to run through a wall. He gets these players ready to run through any city, run through any team. They fear no one. But I start to wonder a little bit, okay, do we unfairly just not question him at all? And and what I mean by this is this. Dan Campbell is insisting everyone's going to play this Sunday. No starters are going to rest. All right. Well, there's two ways you can look at this. A, no way the Lions should be playing anybody. It's not worth the injury risk. This game means almost nothing. You got to get healthy towards the playoffs. The other way you can look at this, B, okay, you can't end the season 0-2. You just can't do it. Let's go back to option A for a second. The Lions should be resting everyone. Well, The argument for that would be you want to avoid any catastrophic injury, which for the most part, the Lions have done throughout the course of the season. Knock on wood. Why roll the dice? Let's ask teams like the Vikings. Let's ask teams like the Jets, Bengals, Colts, who have all lost their quarterback this season. Give them a little bit of truth serum, and I'm sure they would tell you, rest your quarterback, man. Let's ask the uh, 157 total Chargers fans out there what they think about this situation. They'll remind you of last year when Brandon Staley played all the starters in a meaningless Week 18 game and got Mike Williams hurt. 
a good old Brandon Staley doesn't even have a job right now. Widely considered one of the worst coaches in the NFL because of decisions like that over the past three seasons. Because of idiotic decisions that hurt his team in the long run. Now, I don't think Dan Campbell is an idiot by any means. But they're one injury away on Sunday to us talking about an idiotic decision that he made that might end up costing the Lions in the playoffs. Now, let's go back to option B. You can't end the season 0-2. Okay, you have to roll into the playoffs with a little bit of momentum. That would be your strongest point. I know we all count the Dallas game as a win in our brains, and maybe that's just to cope with reality, that the NFL kicked the Lions in the balls and then said, well, your ball shouldn't have been in the way of where we were kicking. But the fact of the matter is they lost that game. Do you really want to stroll into the playoffs with two straight losses? Do you really want to stroll into the playoffs three and four since Thanksgiving? Do you really want to stroll into the playoffs three and three against the division? You didn't sweep one team? Maybe none of that matters to you. Maybe what the Lions showed you in Dallas was convincing enough that Detroit, they can play anybody in the NFC. Maybe you're convinced they're going to be in the NFC Championship regardless of how Week 18 goes. And to be 100% honest, I'd kind of agree with you. The stars are aligning at the end of the season. For all the ups and downs that we've seen throughout the course of the year, at the end of the season, everyone's getting healthy. I feel like the Lions are peaking at the right moment. And you look around the rest of the NFC, the Eagles are 1-4 and four in their last five games. They haven't beaten anybody by two scores since, checks notes, October. But do you really have the pedigree after one division championship in 30 years? Do you really have the status to look around and say, eh, we're good. This game means nothing to us. Look, by the sound of it, everyone's going to be playing. That is exactly what Dan Campbell has suggested. Has there been enough thought into that decision? Or is this irrational Dan Campbell telling the Vikings, screw you, your season is done, we own the NFC North. Here's the thing. I don't think there is necessarily a wrong answer here. There's not a definitive yes or no. Both extremes are probably dumb. Should dudes be fighting through injury all the way through the fourth quarter? Absolutely not. No. If someone's banged up, they shouldn't be playing. But should all 22 starters be seeing the field? Or or should all 22 starters never touch the field? No, that's, that's also not what I'm suggesting. But let's think about a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown. How many snaps is too many snaps? How much would the Lions have to be up by in this game on Sunday for Dan Campbell to say, you know what? I just don't know if this game, whether we win or lose, is worth Amon Ross St. Brown getting hurt. Or does Dan Campbell even have the ability to think that way? Does he even have it wired in him to say, you know what, we're pulling our guys. The win or loss doesn't really matter here. Because odds are the Lions are going to be the three seed, guys. Odds are you're not really playing for much. A lot would have to happen for you to climb to be the two seed. And what even happens if you're the two seed? Get one extra home playoff game. A lot would have to happen, though. Cowboys would have to lose. Eagles would have to lose. Lions would have to win. Does Dan Campbell even have the ability to think that way? 
or is he just balls to the walls? We are going to hang as many points as we can possibly hang on Minnesota and show everyone in the NFC, show everyone in the NFC North, this is our division. Because let's let's be honest, if, if you go three and three in the division, you can hang a banner, call yourselves division champs. But look around the rest of the division. The Bears feel great about themselves. They have the number one pick locked up. They have a potential to end Green Bay season in week 18 in Lambeau Field. Sounds familiar because it is. They have the potential to finish the season, what, eight and nine and roll into next year feeling great with the number one pick. Vikings, they get Kirk Cousins back. They're going to be a threat. And Green Bay, you got to think Jordan Love's going to take another step. I don't think the Lions have the division locked up by any means for the next five years like it's this dynasty. So maybe you want to go show the Vikings, yeah, we own you, man. But does that come with consequences? How long do you want to play guys like Amon Ross St. Brown? Guys like Panay Sewell? Guys like Jameer Gibbs? And God forbid, God forbid anything happens to Jared Goff. 989-837-6125. Let's get the consensus on this thing. Let's find a happy medium. How much should the Lions starters be playing on Sunday versus the Vikings? Or in other words, do you care about this game whatsoever? Or are you just playoffs from here on out? This game doesn't matter. You could argue it. There's a solid argument behind the fact that this game means nothing. Are you team, let's throw in the towel for week 18? Or are you team, let's go show the Vikings what's up? How long should the starters be in the game on Sunday in a game? You tell me how much it means, honestly. 989-837-6125. Do you want to go see us Ben Minnesota over? Like, go take some anger out from the game that happened on Saturday. Or is this a, you know what? It doesn't matter too much. Let's get healthy for the playoffs. And from that point forward, that's what matters. The season restarts next week. I've got my two cents on it. But who cares about my two cents? I want to hear from you guys. Let's get the consensus on this thing. 989-837-6125. Let's finish out this Lions stuff. Obviously, of course, Friday tradition. We've got Lions prop picks. It's, we made a lot of money on that this year. Um, surprisingly. Now, actually, not surprisingly. It's the only thing we're great at. We can stand on that. We are great with the Lions prop picks. Who should the Lions be playing? And, of course, uh, like I told you, Troy Weaver had the audacity to go on Adrian Wojnarowski's uh. podcast yet refuses um, to speak to anyone in the Detroit media. But there you go. Uh, We'll get to all of it. Uh, It's going to be a fun show. Friday, let's have some fun with it. 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Hey, everyone. Brad Tunney here with The Mitt. And I want to talk to you about my... Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. All right, I'll set the table for you guys. I want you guys to be the ones that eat here on this wonderful Friday evening in Midland. Coming at you from the Blazy Electric Studio, Ben Bosher here on the payoff on 100.9, The Mitt. Here's what's going on. Week 18, Detroit Lions versus Minnesota Vikings. Lions are all but locked into that three seed. I, by slim chance, slim chance they can get to the two seed, but that would require the Cowboys, who are 13.5-point favorites, to lose to the Commanders, who are trying to lose, actively trying to lose to get a better draft pick. So odds are, win or loss, Lions are going to be 
the number three seed, which means you play a six seed. Uh, Vikings with a win could in fact be that seven seed or six seed. Depends what else happens. But that's another thing the Lions are playing for on Sunday. If you win this game, you keep a team out of the playoffs, a division team nonetheless. You kind of get to flex your muscles a little bit and say, yeah, we were the NFC North champions this year. Division runs through us. You lose this game. You split with everybody in the division. The Vikings keep their season alive. They probably have a little bit of momentum going into next year. And you're in danger of, I mean, you're probably not playing the Vikings. They can only get that seven seed, and that would require you to jump up to that two seed. But you can play the Packers. You can play the Rams. Uh, that's, that was mostly yesterday's conversation. Would you rather play the Rams or the Packers? You guys can listen to that on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts, just search the payoff. But we're, we're trying to figure out whether or not the Lions should be resting their starters. I think there's a happy medium. I think there's a balance you can do. I don't think it should be all in like Dan Campbell is suggesting. What he is suggesting is we are playing the starters. We are trying to win this game. We are going to take our anger out on the Vikings, and we're going to hang as many points as we can. In my mind, that might be a little bit irrational. Just ask the Chargers from last season. They play Mike Williams. He gets hurt, and they don't have him for the playoffs. That was detrimental. There's a reason Brandon Staley got fired. It's for a million decisions like that, and I'm not saying Dan Campbell's an idiot like Brandon Staley was. But that was an idiotic decision, and if Dan Campbell wants to play all his starters the entire game, all through the fourth quarter on Sunday, and someone ends up getting hurt. Well, then, yeah, we're talking about a very idiotic decision that cost the Lions in the playoffs. And here's the other thing, guys. We'll get to the texts. I want, I, I want to hear from you guys. We'll get to them. But do you really, as the Lions have the pedigree, like the Chiefs do, like the Ravens do, like the Rams do, 49ers. Those are all the teams, or, or some of the teams that are sitting everyone. Patrick Mahomes isn't playing. Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, all not playing. And the Rams didn't even win their division. 49ers, same case. They're, they're going to be resting McCaffrey, Brock Purdy. Ravens not playing Lamar. Those are teams that have established themselves as winning franchises over the past decade. Those are coaches that have experience in the playoffs. They know what they're getting into. Chiefs have two Super Bowls. Uh, Harbaugh in Baltimore has a Super Bowl. McVay has a Super Bowl. Shanahan doesn't have a Super Bowl, but he's been there. He's there year after year after year in January and February. This is the Lions' first crack at the playoffs under this regime. Dan Campbell's never coached a playoff game before. This roster, for the most part, has never played in the playoffs outside of a few select players and the quarterback being one of them, to be fair. But those are experienced locker rooms, the team sitting all their players. Do the Lions have the pedigree to say, we're good? And that's not what the Lions are doing, but at halftime, is that what they should do? I, I think so. I think so. Here's my two cents on it. Anyone dealing with an injury going into this game? Jamison Williams. Uh, Decker's been a little banged up. Ragnow has been dealing with this toe injury all season long. Keep him out. There's no reason to play these guys. There's no reason to play them. JMO has already been ruled out. But Ragnow, all pro center, been named to the Pro Bowl team already? What's the point in playing him? 
He's been dealing with a toe injury. He gets one day off from practice every single week. Just don't play him. Let him get 100% healthy for the playoffs, which gets you to the quality starter. So anyone who is on the Pro Bowl team or one of the Pro Bowl reserve guys, meaning David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jonah Jackson, Anzalone, Sewell, Laporta, Hutch, these quality starters, I want them playing until, A, there's a 15-point lead. B, if you're winning by seven or more at halftime. Or C, have a lead at the end of the third quarter. Any sort of lead. I don't care if it's one point, three points, four points, five points. 107 points. If you have a lead going into the third quarter, pull them. It's not worth them getting hurt. And then you have the other starters. The, the Kirby Josephs of the world. The Khalil Dorseys of the world. Derek Barnes. Jack Campbell. Those are the guys that you can keep out there the whole game. You don't need to pull every starter. But guys, I'm telling you, like, Amon Ross St. Brown getting hurt would be detrimental to this team in the playoffs. I'm not willing to run that risk. Do you want to go still win this game on Sunday? Absolutely. I'm not just throwing the towel in on this game, Rocky Four style. No. But you have to manage the risk at some point if you're Dan Campbell. You can't just do balls to the walls, go for it on fourth down, we're going to play everyone and try to win this game because someone's going to end up getting hurt. And then I'm going to have to sit here on Monday and Tuesday and talk about how bad of a decision that was. I don't want to do that. So this is why I'm presenting this idea that Dan Campbell's not going to listen to, but he should. I don't want to see Amon Ross St. Brown roll an ankle in the fourth quarter. Just ask what I say, the 160 Chargers fans that exist. They experienced that last year. And you can argue it cost them in the playoffs. There's one person I haven't really mentioned yet, though. And that would be the one behind center, Jared Goff. This is really tricky. Um, I'm going to knock on wood. You can hear me doing that. Jared Goff has been one of the eight quarterbacks this year that has played and started in every game. He's been able to avoid injury because his offensive line has protected him at an elite rate because you don't really see him running downhill often. And he gets rid of the ball before he can get hit. He's also good at getting hit. Like for as much as he can't escape pressure, he usually senses when someone has two hands on him and just kind of accepts that he's getting sacked. And I think that's partially to avoid injury. He's been good at that. Again, knock on wood. But in the off chance that JG16 goes down with any sort of injury, we will be slapping ourselves in the face talking about how dumb of a decision it was to play him. Week 18 versus the Vikings. So I created my own special set of rules for Jared Goff playing um, on Sunday versus the Vikings. First drive, touchdown. If it results in that, I'm taking him out. Let Teddy Bridgewater and his retirement tour, his last game of his career, let him go play against his former team that he brought to the playoffs. Go get him, Hendon Hooker. I would love to see Hendon Hooker in action this week. No, there's a lot of, there, there's another audience out there that thinks Hendon Hooker is a 16 year old playing in the NFL, but I, for one, wouldn't mind seeing him on Sunday. If the Lions ever go up by seven, I'm taking Jared Goff out. 
I get it. This this win is important, but it's not as important as keeping Jared Goff healthy for the playoffs. Odds are he won't get hurt, but odds are not zero. If you ever get up by seven, I think Dan Campbell should pull Jared Goff. And then that way, we can actually decipher, okay, how easy is this offense to run? How much of a step back do the Lions see when Jared Goff gets taken out? Is this our franchise dude? Well, the only way to find that out is to watch some football with him not there. Let's see if a different quarterback can run the system. 989-837-6125. How often, how much, do you want to see the starters play this Sunday versus the Vikings in, I don't want to call it a meaningless Week 18 game. It's not. There is a lot of meaning on this. You can put a stance on the division. Yes, you already won it. But if you lose this game, 3-3 three and three in the division this year. 3-4 and four since Thanksgiving. 0-2 oh rolling into the playoffs. Not to mention, all these division teams feel good about themselves going into next year. The Bears should feel exactly like the Lions do. Like the Lions did after they beat the Packers in Lambeau to keep them out of the playoffs. Guess what the Bears have an opportunity to do? on Sunday, go to Lambeau and keep the Packers out of the playoffs. Not to mention, just like the Lions did last year with the Rams pick, the Bears have a top five pick or top six pick, only it's the number one pick. It's the first overall pick. And they're probably going to trade that back, re-sign Justin Fields and get an even bigger um, package from that number one pick. They broke that Panthers team. Bad. Oh, bad. Vikings, Kirk Cousins is coming back. They're going to feel better about themselves, obviously. I, Kirk Cousins is technically a free agent. I imagine they re-sign him. And then the Packers, Jordan Love keeps getting better. So, yeah, I don't want to say this division is runs through Detroit. No, they were the division champs, and they're going to have to defend their title next year. And if you let the Vikings close their season out, at least the regular season, by beating you in your home stadium actually getting into the playoffs and keeping their season alive because of it, they're probably rolling into next year thinking, we're going to beat the, beat the Lions. Lions haven't swept the Vikings since 2016, I believe. That's brutal. You have an opportunity to go do that. So in that sense, in regards to the NFC North, I do think this game is meaningful. But in terms of this season, this playoff run, not really. I don't think Dan Campbell has the ability to see that, though. I think he wants every time his players go step out on the field to go dominate the other team. And I can't say I necessarily blame him for that. But I will say, if this decision gets anybody hurt, I'm telling you right now, next week, we will be talking about it as an idiotic decision. Right here. It's that simple. 989-837-6125. We'll get to your text line next. Frick Sports Bar text line, by the way. Um, still to come. Lions prop picks. Got a lot of good ones for you. And Troy Weaver just continues to blow our minds. That's next on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. The Great Lakes Loons start their season April 5th at Dow Diamond. Joe is here from the ticket office. And now is the time. Back to the payoff. All right, let's keep having some fun on a Friday. I think it's that time where we have to get into some prop picks. Lions, we've made... A ton of cash on it this season, uh, but before we do that, let's hit the Frick Sports Bar text line, 989-837-6125. We've been trying to figure out how much should the Lions starters be playing on Sunday, if you ask me. Some of these high-quality guys should be playing in the first half. If you get up big, if you get up by 
two touchdowns by halftime, pull them. Some of the, I don't want to say low quality starters. That's not really what I mean, but the Jack Campbells of the world, the Kirby Josephs, the guys who didn't get named to a Pro Bowl team. Um, those guys can stick it out. And if I'm Dan Campbell, if I'm Jared, if I'm Dan Campbell making the decision about Jared Goff, I'm not letting him play very long. It's just not worth the risk if you ask me. Uh, but we can hear from you guys. 989-837-6125. Uh, leave, leave your name. Leave, leave where you're texting from. We can get you guys uh, some shout-outs. Hooker should be... <laughs> things you shouldn't just yell on the radio without context. Hendon Hooker should be the quarterback, if nothing else, to see if he can play in the NFL. Uh, I don't think Hendon Hooker should start by any means. I, I, if I had to guess, I don't think he's going to play Week 18 uh, to this number, this 989 number. I would like to see it. I would love to see it. I'm in the Hendon Hooker. At least I, th- this is this is the thing. Detroit fans are so divided on this because it's like, well, if you want Hendon Hooker to play, you want Jared Goff out of town. It's like, no, that's not really what I'm saying. Am I allowed to just say I'm curious about Hendon Hooker? Am I allowed to just want to find out if he's good or not? That's where I'm at with it. So yeah, I would love to see him play. Um, all right, we'll get back to the first sports bar text line in a little bit, but my favorite time of the week. Lions prop picks times. Um, Hudson, our producer for the day. Austin out there too. You guys are going to tell me yay or nay for some of these picks. But first of all, first one I'm going to give you is my lock. Lock of the day. You better lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right. Jameer Gibbs uh, torched the Vikings last time around just a couple of weeks ago. He went for 80 yards. His over-under this time around is set at just 55 and a half. I anticipate by Sunday that's going to go up. I would take that right now. Here's the other thing with that. You can just say, oh, well, you can't just look at the box score and tell me that's going to happen again. No, I, I agree with you to some extent. Um, but I, he murdered them, guys. Like 5.3 yards per attempt. It wasn't really a David Montgomery game. They couldn't keep up with his speed on the outside. I think they're going to continue to lean on that. I think Gibbs is probably going to play a lot because here's the other thing. Gibbs is 75 yards away from 1,000 yards on the season. And Ben Johnson said this week they are aware of that and they want to help all of their players reach individual goals. So I'm actually probably going to bump his over-under up to 65 and a half and take that at plus 145. What do we think about that, Hudson? Okay, money. All right, next one, Justin Jefferson. Listen, uh, his over-under is at 92 and a half. That might seem ridiculous, but C.D. Lambs was 98 and a half, and he went for 214. Opposing wide receiver ones over has hit against the Lions eight weeks in a row. Eight weeks in a row, the other team's best receiver has hit their over. There's no scheming Justin Jefferson out of a game. There is no slowing him down. He had 118 yards when he played the Lions a couple of weeks ago. He averages 125 against Detroit in his, I believe, eight games played. Unless he doesn't play, I think this is hitting. Hudson, what do you think? There we go. Uh, okay, Ty Chandler, the Minnesota running back. Struggling right now. It was funny because going into that Lions game, they had finally played him a lot the week before. It was like, oh, here's some juice to this running game that has struggled for the most part this season. Well, his over-under is at a measly 44 and a half. But here's the thing. The last two weeks... Ty Chandler has gone for 57 combined yards. This team has struggled to generate a run uh, game on offense, not to mention 
The Lions have been one of the best units in the NFL all season long at stopping the run. No one's been able to run on this team. You guys saw what happened in Dallas. Tony Pollard looked like barbecue chicken. Over the past three weeks, the Lions have allowed 53 rushing yards per game. That's first in the NFL. I don't care that his over-under is at 44 and a half. They want you to take that over. I'll be taking the under. Hudson, what do we think? There we go. Hudson, Hudson agrees with me on everything uh, this week. What could go wrong? Okay. Uh, next. Lions. Minus three and a half. I think they're going to cover today, guys. I, I said that yesterday in the NFL picks. Not today, on Sunday. I think that um, as much as I would like to see Dan Campbell rest some of the starters by at least halftime, do you really do you really think he has that type of bone in his body? Is that DNA really in him to pull his guys, take his foot off the gas? No, it, it's probably not as much as we can ask for it. He'll probably be peddled in the metal the full length of the game. And yes, the Minnesota Vikings season is technically still alive. It really feels like team morale is at an all-time low right now, or at least a season low. They were wiped off the face of the planet last week by Jordan Love and a defensive coordinator that everyone in Green Bay wants fired. They continue to go round and round in this QB carousel. It was Nick Mullins versus the Lions. Then it was what Jordan Hall versus Green Bay last week, and now they're back to Nick Mullins. This is a disaster. Feels like this team has been defeated. They can't run the ball. I just don't see them hanging around all that often in this game. I think they're, despite their season being alive, team morale's low. They're ready for their season to be done. Lions, minus three and a half. What do we think, Hudson? Nah. No. Okay. We got our, we got our first disagreement. Um, look, the, the formula for that happening, the formula for the Lions not covering the three and a half is, okay, we pulled our starters. And if that's the case, I'm okay with it. I, I really am. Um, we'll move on. Amon Ross St. Brown supposedly heated, oh, just pissed off that he didn't make a Pro Bowl team. He's one of the first reserves. He is the first reserve for the wide receivers in the NFC. But some media guys asked him about him. He said, well, guess we just have to work harder. Scary thing to hear from Amon Ross St. Brown, who's like first guy to leave, or first guy there, last guy to leave, catches uh, 202 balls on the jug machine after practice. This is workhorse. And now he's putting his head down, working even harder. I think they're going to try to scheme him up to get in the end zone. Uh, I'll take his touchdown plus 148. Listen, the Vikings are without their top cornerback. Byron Murphy got ruled out today. They're also without their third cornerback, Makai Blackman. So with that being said, I think it's going to be a lesser matchup on Amonra St. Brown. As soon as they get near the red zone, I anticipate they want to boost his numbers up and he gets his little, I got snubbed in the Pro Bowl moment. Hudson, what do we think? There we go. All right. One of the guys that... Regardless of how the Lions treat this game, if they pull their starters, if they keep them all in, one of the guys that is probably not getting pulled is Sam Laporta. And you ask yourself why he's he's one of those Pro Bowl guys you said should get pulled, Ben. Yes, he is. But Brock Wright has been out for the last couple of weeks uh, with a groin injury. And the Lions only have two tight ends on the roster right now. The Lions run a lot of two tight end sets. James Mitchell is booty. Costs us money every single week. Listen, the line's not out for tight ends right now. Uh, it will be, I bet, by tomorrow. I don't think Sam Laporta is going to be able to rest at all. And if Goff and Amonra come out, and whether it's Hendon Hooker, Teddy Bridgewater, they're going to rely on Sam Laporta. And even if they do decide to play the starters all week, I typically like Sam Laporta's over-under at four and a half. That's usually what it's at. Because next year, the year after, like 
at some point, Sam Laporta's over-under is probably going to be like six and a half. So let's just keep hammering the over while it's still this low as a rookie. Hudson, what do we think? Nah. Uh, didn't have the best game against Minnesota a couple weeks ago. I don't really care. Uh, I'll still take the Laporta stuff. All right. Justin Jefferson. Listen, anytime I see plus odds with Justin Jefferson to score a touchdown, it, it, it like whether it's plus 120, plus 101, plus 100, this week it's at plus 107. It's Justin Jefferson. He torches his team every time he plays this. There was that one time Jeff Okuda locked him up, which was, I still don't really have any answers to how that happened. Uh, but for the most part, this guy just destroys the Lions defense every week. CJ Garner-Johnson's back. Ali McNeil's back. I, I just don't think it matters to a player the caliber of Justin Jefferson, who with Tyreek Hill is levitating above the rest of the league in terms of wide receivers. So I'm going to take his touchdown plus 107. Austin Hudson, what do we think back there? There we go. Cash money. Uh, I'll give you my final score prediction here. You guys can text in yours at 989-837-6125. I'm going 31 to 16. I think the Lions take care of business. I, to be honest, I more so think the Lions, uh, the Vikings are just going to roll over. I think they're um. done. <laughs> I, I think the Vikings are probably just going to be done with that. If you don't know what that um drop is, you're going to find out in just a second. Um, but I do think the Lions are going to be able to take care of business. So with that being said, let's put together a little parlay. Pay for everyone's bar tab bet of the day. All right. Here's the thing. We're going to tweak a bunch of the stuff we just did. We're not going to parlay everything we just did together. But if you're looking for a long shot bet, I think I have the perfect one for you. This comes out at plus 1500. You put down 10 bucks, you win 150. You put down 100, you win, uh, what, 1,500. If you take, if you bump Gibbs up, if you really think Gibbs is going to have another great day against the Vikings, if you think they're going to try to get him his 1,000 yards on the season, which I do believe they will try to do, according to Ben Johnson, you can boost his over under up to 65 and a half. And I promise you, if they let you do it anymore, I would do it. But the app I use, it, you're maxed out at 65. If it goes higher, I will be taking it. Gibbs, 65 and a half. Amonra to score his, I got snubbed in the Pro Bowl touchdown. Justin Jefferson over. We're going to tweak it down a little bit. It's at 92. We're going to take it at 89 and a half. The wide receiver one over for the other team has hit eight weeks in a row. Justin Jefferson kills his team every time. And Detroit minus three. We're buying a half point on that. It's three and a half. We're taking it at three. Gibbs, 65, Amonra, touchdown, Detroit minus three, Justin Jefferson, 90-plus yards, comes out at $1,500. Hudson, are we going to be buying everyone's bar tab with the bet? There we go. Haven't hit one of those yet on the show. Um, this is the week. This is the week they do it until Dan Campbell decides to pull someone when they're on the one-yard line and we're one yard away or Justin Jefferson gets pulled. Like, something stupid's going to happen. Uh, we'll hit the text line one more time, and then I got to bring up this Troy Weaver thing. He goes on this national podcast, Adrian Wojnarowski. He's ESPN's insider for the NBA, more plugged in than almost anyone in the world in terms of the NBA. Brings on Woj, brings on, uh, brings on Troy Weaver, brings on Cade Cunningham. It's hilarious. It really is hilarious. Um, but before we do that, Let's hit the text line one more time. 989. Well, not one more time. If you guys want to keep it rolling, go ahead. 989-837-6125. Dwayne from Bay City. I think Detroit needs to play their starters because Detroit still can get the two seed if Dallas loses to Washington. 
because Detroit owns the tiebreaker against Philly because they have a better conference record. I hear you say Jefferson can't be stopped, but that's not totally true. If you can stop the quarterback from being effective, that prevents him from getting the football to Justin Jefferson. Okay, I mean, fair point, but Justin Jefferson... Nick Mullins had, what, three turnovers the last time around and still ended up throwing for 400 yards. You end up throwing it to Justin Jefferson. Good things typically happen. I mean... There was a big fear the last time around that Nick Mullins was about to go on a game-winning drive. And it wasn't because Nick Mullins was dicing this team up. He ended up throwing a terrible ball. It's because Justin Jefferson was just making these superstar catches. Oh, my God. It was like third and 20, and you just chuck it up, double-team Justin Jefferson. It doesn't matter. Dwayne from Bay City ends the text by saying, Juwan Howard needs to be fired now, period. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I think I'm at that point. Um... It's just so like Michigan. Uh, we're not going to talk about Michigan football for more than the next, or Michigan basketball for the more than the next fifteen seconds. But it's kind of the point where I just don't even care. It's so boring. It's it's so hopeless. It's so bad. I, I'm down for Juwan to to get on out of here and and let's just bring some new life into this program. Michigan State figured it out. Michigan uh, trending the opposite way. All right, the Troy Weaver stuff. It's coming up on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. Life a microphone. Uh, it doesn't happen very often because he's afraid to talk to the Detroit media. But he did decide to go on Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast. Um, him and Cade were both on that. It came out this morning. A lot of great stuff in there. Uh, here's here's the deal. This title on my notes is this segment is literally just called Troy Weaver sucks. We may as well have some fun on a Friday. We've got 12 minutes of radio left. Let's have some fun going into the weekend, and then on Monday we will come back. The whole show will be dedicated to the Michigan Wolverines playing the Washington Huskies. It'll be a pre-show leading you right up into kickoff, essentially. Um, but right now, screw it. Let's just have some fun. All, all I have on my notes right now is Troy Weaver sucks. And what I did was clip three different Troy Weaver sound bites from this podcast. And if you want to go listen to it, go listen to the full thing. It's only about 40 minutes. Cade Cunningham's on for 20 minutes. Uh, and then Troy Weaver closes it out the last 20 minutes. The Cade stuff's interesting. The Cade stuff's really interesting. Uh, the thing that stuck with me the most was this. Do you guys remember in the summer when Cade Cunningham and Jalen Darren were on that USA Select team going against the Olympic team in practice every day? Cade told Adrian Wojnarowski in the podcast that him and Duran were kind of cooking during that, which made Cade have a tremendous amount of confidence going into the season, thinking, all right, I'm ready to go. And then he goes on to say, I, I, I don't want to sound selfish. I don't want to sound self-centered, but I felt like I was a good enough player to where I've never in my career experienced anything like a 28-game losing streak where I just, I didn't expect that to ever happen. That shows you the lack of talent Troy Weaver has put around Kate Cunningham. If he's able to go toe-to-toe with all those guys on the Olympic team, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, all the guys that are thriving right now in the NBA, if him and Duran can hang with those guys in practice and kind of give it to them like they did, like all the reporters suggest, all the guys covering the Olympic team said in their stories throughout the summer, this is not a Cade Cunningham issue. I don't think anyone thinks it is, but it is a lack of roster construction, the ability to put together a competent team around this guy. It doesn't make sense. So I clipped three things from the Troy Weaver section of it. And in between the, it, during the commercial break, Hudson and I were talking, the producer, um, how many different ums 
where are we going to hear? These are all, these three are like 15 seconds each about, I clipped an um, just because I thought it was funny, but now I'm curious, okay, how many times are we going to hear it throughout the actual sound bites? So Hudson, why don't you just play one of these random ones? Hey, listen, uh, I empathize with the fans. Uh, nobody wanted this. Um, <laughs> I appreciate their support, but I also appreciate, you know, them not being happy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hold on. The um caught me so off. There was two ums in there. Okay. The over under was set at six and a half. Play it again because I completely for- <laughs> forgot what he said. I was just focused on the ums. Hey, listen, I, I empathize with the fans. Uh, nobody wanted this. Um, and I appreciate their support, but I also appreciate, you know, them not being happy. Okay, you appreciate the fan. you appreciate the fans not being happy. Yeah, we're not happy because of you. This is no one else's fault but you, dude. Do you not have that sense of awareness? And yes, we don't like Monty Williams either. Nobody wants him to be the coach anymore. No one wants Tom Gores to own this franchise anymore. The biggest reason they're losing, okay, here, the biggest reason they went on a 28-game losing streak, I believe, was Monty Williams. Not being able to get one of those games is ridiculous. This is the NBA anybody can win on any given night. You see that every day. Nine-point favorites lose. That's on Monty Williams. But when you look at the actual roster construction of this team, what good have you provided? What service have you provided for Cade Cunningham, man? What have you done? This is the roster that is dead last in shooting. First place in fouls. You have this defensive identity, yet you can't guard anyone. And then you, you go on, well, three. we got to add shooting around Cade Cunningham. Oh, really? Um. You really have to add shooting around Cade Cunningham. Troy Weaver might be a genius for that one. You're the reason we are unhappy. You're thanking us for... Whatever. So dumb. All right. The over-under was set at two and a half for his, um, or six and a half. He's at two. Play the second clip. There's no sleep. There's no rest. And we're going to continue to beat the drum and turn it over and fight for every crumb we can to get this franchise going in the right direction. Okay. Zero ums there. So we're still sitting at two. Dangerous. Dangerous playing with this game. Um, but we're going to fight. Every crumb going to... What are you talking about, man? You're so determined to turn this thing around? You're so ready to, to leave no st- stones unturned? What have you done? You went on a 28-game um. losing streak and haven't made a move. You're ready to be aggressive. You're ready to get... What have you done to indicate that you are ready to make a great move? Because in the past, you've tried to get all finicky and bring in James Wiseman for Sadiq Bey. What does the team lack right now? A wing who can play defense and shoot. You traded that guy away for James Wiseman. Come, like, come on. What world am I living in to where this guy is allowed to make trades for the Pistons? where this guy is allowed to pick up the phone and call other GMs. If I'm another GM and Troy Weaver trades me or calls me on my cell phone, I'm picking up and most likely taking the trade because he's probably going to offer you something stupid. Stupid. Um, 
What did he do this summer? What was his big free agent accusation, uh, acquisition this summer? Monty Morris, who hasn't played a game? Joe Harris. He traded for Joe Harris. Joe, yeah, Joe, washed up Joe Harris, who can't guard a dead guy. Play the next clip. And sometimes you got to take a step back to take a step forward. We didn't want to do that. We wanted to march forward this year, but we had to take a step back and, and deal with this adversity and the losing streak, et cetera. We have a really good young core that we're excited about. Uh, we still have a flexibility. We still have all our cap space. So there's oh, some the things that space. we can be confident in. But as we're going through this right now, you know, we're, we're trying to get on the other side of it and, and, and trying to win games right now so we can continue to build confidence in-house. Oh, Hudson, did you hear that? He's, he's excited about the cap space. We're going to sign all these great, all these great free agents are going to want to come to Detroit this season, this offseason. We need a chicken dinner. <laughs> all, the, all the free agents... That want a ton of money. All the great players are going to want to come play for Detroit. Are you serious, man? You're excited about the cap space? The flexibility? He's Okay, so he had four ums in that? Or four total? Okay. Three. <laughs> Listen. The roster Troy Weaver has put around Cade Cunningham is embarrassing. You have all this young talent, and you hear it again. He doubles down on the young core. He goes on in the podcast to list all the guys. Cade, Asar, Ivy, Durin. He even throws Stu in there, which just continues to make my head turn round and round. Why is Isaiah Stewart looked at as a foundational piece to this team moving forward? Isaiah Stewart's an NBA player. There's no doubt about that. He's going to be in this league for a long time. But never once will a team look at Isaiah Stewart and say, you are a foundational starter to this team where we are going to thrive going forward. He is a sixth man, he's a seventh man, and he can do that really well. But he misses all these layups. He's really expanded on his three-point shooting. He's gotten way better numbers on that, but he misses all these layups. Can play good defense, fouls. Doesn't block a ton of shots, not really a rim protector. Can guard guys on the wing, but... To, to, to call him a foundational part of your young core that has worked out so well since you've gotten here, Troy Weaver. So well. He says, losing's not an option? Dog, you're like 68 and 214 since you've taken over as GM. Everything you do have done has been a failure. Um. Not one thing can we point to and say, you know what? Kudos to you. There's one thing that even comes to mind, and it's the Jalen Duran trade. But guess what? Nick's still on your pick. You don't have all these picks like all these other teams that tried to tank do. And now guess what they're going to do? Or at least what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to call someone on the phone and make a trade for a guy. For a name. All these names being thrown around like Kaminga, Moody. Hell, I even see these reports that they're going to go all in on Pascal Siakam, who is, wait for it, an upcoming free agent. You really think he's going to re-sign with Detroit? Let's go get another big guy in the building. Ah! <laughs>
let's let's see how many bigs is you know what the NBA is getting bigger all the the Nuggets started it they're huge the Lakers are huge the Bucks are huge let's just get a a, a rotation of five different centers all who can't shoot they'd fit right in on the Pistons team uh, we got a number chiming into the Frick Sports Bar text line how is this his fault but not his players' fault I don't get what you're saying well it's not like it's not the players' fault but here's where I'd argue if I'm going to tell you if I tell you right now this cake sucks. It's not that good of a cake. I'm going to hire a three-star baker out of 10 to, to give you the best cake of your life. Do you expect it to be bad or do you expect it to thrive? Do you expect it to be the best cake you've ever had? No, you expect it to stink. And when you bring in guys, when you're huge free agent accus, accu, uh, additions to your team over the summer, are Joe Harris and Monty Morris, and you're telling us this is going to fix everything. Why are we believing him? We thought that this team was going to be 25, 30 wins, when in reality, this was never going to be a successful team because look at the roster. The players just stink. Is it the players' fault they stink? No. They sh- like. It's not the players' fault that they suck. It's... Troy Weaver's fault for bringing them here and saying this is what is going to help going forward. That's my bone to pick. Watch them go win on in in San Francisco tonight, taking on really a disheveled Warriors team. This team is a mess. So that plus nine and a half, not a bad number. We'll be back on Monday to discuss a national championship game. That was the payoff. I hope it was worth it. Thanks, guys. Let's say Happy New Year to everybody. It's a great way to start the new year.